This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I do think we're on the verge of overregulating the major banks to the point where it's difficult for them to earn a reasonable return on capital and they become like utilities that can't attract good people. So much of the bad news has become the new normal that I don't think the markets get shaken. The big puzzle for economists is how is it that rates are so low and inflation remains so low? Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. This Thursday, coast to coast. Good morning, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 991 FM, Washington, Baltimore. A beautiful day in New York. Bloomberg 1130 uh, New York and on the West Coast, 960 the Bay Area. Good morning, good early morning in San Francisco. And, of course, to all of you nationwide on Sirius and XM Channel 119, we say uh, good morning as well. In Canada uh, as well. I'm all pumped up. Um, I don't know if I'll be awake tomorrow, Mike. I usually watch a first period of a too late in the evening hockey game, but I may. You may have to stay up for the whole one. Stay up and come in comatose tomorrow. Uh, it is a good morning in San Francisco, actually in San Jose and all points in between as the Sharks make the Stanley Cup finals finally 25 years. Uh, <clears throat> beat the Blues. Surprised me. I thought the Blues would win. That would be cool. Golden State and San Jose. These winners? Well, Golden State is in big trouble. They're down 3-1, yeah. and um, they could lose. But then the people in the Bay Area still have the Sharks. So They do? It's like Boston when, you know, one team's not winning, the other team is. Well, th- that's the rumor, at least, that we're unsure of that in Boston uh, right now. Bloomberg Surveillance uh, brought you this morning uh, coast-to-coast and in New York. Cone Resnick, accounting tax advisory. Look ahead, gain insight, imagine more. The professionals at Cone Resnick can help your business break through. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, ConeResnick.com. George Borey with us with Wells Fargo, uh, looking at the bond market and how bonds will move, assuming Fed rate rises. Do they move in lockstep, George? What's the history of when a Fed normalizes over, say, the next 12 to 18 months, what do corporate bonds actually do? Hey, Tom, good morning. Uh, corporate bonds, investment-grade corporate bonds will typically track pretty closely with Treasury moves. So if Treasury yields are going higher and bond prices are falling, corporate bonds, investment-grade corporate bonds will typically move pretty pretty close. They'll, they, they may uh, lag a little, so the, the, the spread between the two might tighten. Um, but on the high-yield side, you tend to get a little bit more kind of diversification so that the, the there, there's a more meaningful lag between, say, high-yield, and uh, and treasuries, and that's simply because high yield is going to be more connected to say equities and growth than say uh, than say uh, investment grade. And as you mentioned, you know, with the Fed <clears throat> sort of creeping towards the potential of a rate hike, uh, we're starting to see. Uh, the flow through of that on the corporate bond side, investment grade corporate bond prices have dropped uh, pretty meaningfully, at least in bond terms, over the last week or so. Uh, high yields held up a little bit better, as I mentioned before, but we are starting to see some downward pressure in prices as bond yields go up. But at what maturities? That's the question for the Fed uh, as they raise rates. And so many people want into U.S. markets that uh, it seems like the long end doesn't move very much. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think the the read through there is is sort of is how effective is the Fed policy. Um, the long end has repriced modestly. You've seen ten year yields come up, uh, you know, ten fifteen basis points 
Um, and the 30-year, the long end, has come up a, a little bit about the same. And, and corporate bond yields have kind of tracked incrementally, uh, incrementally higher. But the front end is moving faster, so the curve itself is flattening. And, and that <clears throat> typically is it's not a great signal for, for growth in the, in the future. A flatter curve usually implies some degree of slowdown as the cost of borrowing at the front end goes up kind of tightens up monetary policy and uh, and that and that ultimately starts to flow through to to the real economy and that's one of our big concerns corporate america has been a huge beneficiary over the last couple of years of uh, of the monetary policy backdrop low rates um the the, the drive the the push uh, lower of of rates uh has forced uh investors to kind of creep out along the curve and it's really encouraged corporate america to to borrow uh considerable amounts of money. So any reversal of that trend uh, as yields start to creep a little bit right. higher and the curve flattens starts to create a headwind to that what is right now a relatively virtuous cycle. What do you expect CFOs will do? Do they try to get out in front of Fed normalization? Do they try to game the system or do they actually go by strategic need? I think there's a little bit of gaming the system. You've seen a pretty significant uptick in issuance uh, in the first quarter of this year. Uh, this month alone is, is on track for almost $200 billion of, of gross new issuance uh, in the in the dollar uh, bond, corporate bond market. So I think there's a little bit of preemptive uh, funding that's going on, but there's there's plenty in the pipeline as well. You know, companies are making strategic long-term decisions to buy each other, to consolidate industries, to pay out significant amounts of money to, to equity holders. With that comes some, some meaningful financing requirements, and, and that's one of the concerns is that if that virtuous cycle starts to break down, the borrowing needs of the corporate sector remains pretty high. Uh, there's about $8.5 trillion of debt outstanding in the corporate sector overall. That money yeah. you know, needs <clears throat> to be refinanced and or paid back as we move through time, and that creates very meaningful yeah. borrowing requirements. So you can only get right. so far ahead uh, before you kind of run into you know, some, some issues. Mike, I'm looking at a, and I'm going to say it in the German way, Bayer AG Pharmaceuticals 60-year paper, 6-0. The three and three quarters due 2074. They've got a call feature. They're trading at a discount, so I guess you gross up from 98 and change up to 100 as you wait 70 years for your 60-some years for your capital gain. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. That's like perpetuity. That's the one you hand out. <laughs> I can't kids, spell if, it, but it sounds good on radio. If. Um, the, the, I mean, if, go if, ahead, if you, you know, if you look across the corporate sector, if, as you mentioned, financing uh, levels are very attractive. And I think that's one of the, it's a big driver of a lot of M&A activity right now. Um, it, and, and so companies can secure their all-in cost of financing in many instances, like you said, three and three quarters at a discount. Uh, so, you know, 70 years out, so maybe that's a four, and a, four, four and a half percent all-in yield. But if you look at the total cost of financing for, for Bayer, you know, it's going to be somewhere in the, call it two to three percent kind of range, especially if you emphasize shorter data maturities or go into euros or yen. 
the global cost of borrowing is at record lows. And so companies have responded to that. They're using it, but they're using it to buy each other. They're paying dividends. They're buying back their stock. There's a little bit of capital spending, but not a lot. And as a creditor, that's what we worry about. How is that money being used? And right now it's being used basically to uh, to help the shareholder, which is not a bad thing, but you know doesn't necessarily right. benefit us over the medium term. That's a remark, Mike. The coupon on that is, uh, excuse me, the yield, current yield is four point, I got a center, 4.05 would be my center tenants. Well, I would want. Extraordinary. 70 years. I personally want more compensation, uh, given what's happened in the last 70 years in the, in the world. But it brings me to a, a question, George. Tom and I, uh, looked yesterday at the term premium on treasuries and how it is, uh, for 10 year running negative right now. Uh, and with spreads the way they are, you know, the term premiums come way down on corporates. I mean, investors are awfully sanguine about the risks they're running, it appears. That's exactly right. I mean, you're making some pretty big assumptions about the future of inflation and the future of defaults. Um, you know, inflation's been low, but it's creeping higher. You know, we're looking at as oil prices creep higher, that will drag inflation, uh, both headline and ultimately core higher. And, uh, and if we look at default rates, that's all, they're also creeping higher. Uh, we were roughly at about a 2% default rate about 18 months ago. Today it's closer to 6%. So it's tripled in 18 months. It's probably going to continue to creep higher. And, uh, and the Fed is, you know, trying to kind of tighten up policy. Um, so the two main risks for a corporate investor are interest rate risk and, 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 and credit risk. Uh, and it looks like the best of days for both of those risks are behind us. It doesn't mean we immediately go careening into a wall, but it does mean that the headwinds are mounting and credit cycles are long and drawn out. This credit cycle is pretty advanced. You know, if you think about right. it as a clock, we well, think we're closer to 10 o'clock than okay. we are to 2 o'clock. Okay. Well, then within that, George, very quickly here, how do you allocate within corporate bonds or do they all go up and down in lockstep? I think you got to be pretty selective. You look for stability of cash flow. You know, there are plenty of companies out there that have good core stable earnings. Um, you know, we look at, say, like the telecom sector is a, is a, is a perfect example. It's in a pretty good spot. Did a lot of uh, consolidation a few years ago. It's generating very predictable cash flows. I think the financial sector, from a bondholder's perspective, is also doing pretty well. We've had a little bit of a run-up in bond stocks recently, but they're heavily regulated. They're very capitalized. There's a lot of liquidity on the balance sheet. George, brilliant. George Borey of Wells Fargo, thank you so much. Futures up three. Dow futures up 33 this morning. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Barack Obama and other leaders of the G7 nations are gathered in Japan for talks that include what to do about the sagging world economy. President Obama also says G7 leaders are rattled by Donald Trump. A large tornado damaged or destroyed as many as 25 homes in a rural area of northern Kansas. Officials say last night's twister came within a mile of hitting the small town of Chapman. The National Weather Service says it was on the ground for about an hour and a half, and there were no reports of injuries or fatalities. Officials in Kansas also say that the area of Chapman was hit 
back in 2008 by another tornado. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Tom. And Michael, thanks so much. It's sure in the foreign exchange market. Yen, 110.07. Euro dollar, 111.68. Of course, the backdrop, West Texas, 50.11. Brent, 50.40. Worldwide, Bloomberg Surveillance. News update brought to you by D2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more.